When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, this is the reaction for a game that's still going on, but we have got a train to make. <laughs> so we're starting ever early. There are 10 minutes to go here at Bloomfield Road. Everton are winning 4 2. The game is sure to slow down. All the kids are on. And I've got Mark Mosey sitting next to me. Mose, um, main takeaways from today. I imagine for you it's going to be about the... I mean, it's just started absolutely battering down as well. You probably hear people say, oh no. Um, there are a lot of seagulls around, first and foremost, aren't there? I, I just I can't believe we left Blackpool get a fourth. Um, <laughs> Don't say okay. that. With eight minutes to go, we all kind of saw it coming. But uh, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of actual takeaways, as you say, it's it's very difficult to gauge these sort of performances. And the I don't know. I think I think the collective feeling here is that the squad lacks depth. Um, you, you know, you mentioned about the kids coming on, which is which is great in pre-season, and that's essentially what these games are here for. But it only takes a pre-game injury to Dominic Calvert-Lewin and one to Damari Gray that makes this squad look incredibly thin on the ground doesn't it I mean we, we've we've joked endlessly since the end of last season about what this squad is and what this season holds for Everton but albeit what we hope now with seven minutes left is a positive result it's, it's really hard to see where we've been actually progressive over the summer you know, still a lot of work to do by Frank Lampard, still a lot of work to do for Kevin Falwell and all of the recruitment stuff in the background. But, I mean, is it good to be back? <laughs> it's it's kind of good to be back. Um, you know, we all want to come out and see Everton play and, and hopefully see Everton win games as we are hopefully today. But, yeah, still still a lot of work to do with two weeks of pre-season left Last before... two weeks, we, we play one of the Premier League's supposed title contenders. I mean, yeah, a, a, a lot of ground to cover still. Yeah, there's, there's plenty to unpick from today. Obviously, Dali Ali's got the score sheet twice. Uh, James Harkowski's just funded into a tackle. 
event which everybody seems to quite enjoy. Um, but I wanted to sort of start off by speaking about the, the two wing bucks today and, and the way in which they play because I think one thing that maybe gives me hope going forward is that you know obviously Marcel Brands went in December but it feels like we got two players off his resume in the January window in Mikolenko and Patterson. I think obviously both of them have had time to try and settle in and about where to do. Um, Dali Ali is just going off here. This is the reception for him. He scored two goals today. I think it's Lewis Dobbin who's come on, but um, the wing backs me. Uh, Patterson setting up two goals, yeah. Mikolenko scoring one. I think Satie and I we both sort of probably agree that this free centre backs, wing backs is going to be the way we're going to go about it this season for both attacking and defensive reasons but um, I think it's encouraging that both of them have got goal contributions today and I think Patterson in particular obviously we've seen a bit more on Mikolenko but he had a bit of a rough game against Minnesota in the midweek but he's looked a lot more on it again today Yeah I think it, I, the thing I massively agree with you there is that this looks like the formation that I think they're going to go with going forward um, a lot of me thinks that's more through we've got a lot of centre-offs yeah it, it's very much through circumstance and design definitely we you know the strength in terms of numbers in this squad at the moment is at centre-half whether it's Holgate, Godfrey Tarkovsky Mina you know any one of these names Michael Keane that, that is the area of the pitch that we can at least field quite a few Premier League footballers um, that puts an enormous emphasis as you say on the wing backs um, it, it's, it's all well and good playing against Chelsea on the first game of the season and you know it, it's obviously going to be a, a bit of a flatter five in that game but when you are trying to force the issue against lesser sides like we are today you need your full backs to be right on it and you know it, it's, I think Patterson's had a, obviously a very broken start to his Everton career um, his, his injury last year impacted that massively but this pre-season also I think everyone kind of just expecting him yeah. to slot back in at right back and kick on and be the first choice and you know it's debatably unfair to expect him to do that but today at least we've seen him getting forward and being willing to do that and get balls into the box and you know for, for Mikolenko to be on the other on the other end of one of those crosses was was pretty poetic at the time um Blackpool just missed the shit of her, by the way. The, the other thing I think that contributes to that formation choice is the, the sheer lack of quality in the middle of the park. You know, that's obviously something that all of those people that we mentioned earlier are looking to fix in the last couple of weeks before the season starts. But, you know, Decore, Davis, you know, who've we got on now? Awobi, Lewis, Warrington coming into the squad. They're all names that we hope can kick on in, the, in this season coming forward. But... Not, nothing about this season strikes me as somewhere that Everton are going to progressively kick on as time goes on. I mean, we, we need to be right at it from the start because we're talking about a team here that is fragile enough to look like relegation contenders if they do not start quickly. Um, it, you know, that might be me catastrophizing at this point, but... It could, it could have gone worse there, couldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah oh, we, absolutely. We, we sort of went into the ground thinking, yeah. as much as we never really thought this before about pre-season friendly, if this doesn't go well today, then yeah, yeah. there is potential for it to get ugly after the protest yesterday and after the result oh, I'm, on I'm, Thursday. I'm the first one to say these games do not matter in the slightest. I, I, I would double up on that by saying that getting your arse handed to you by Minnesota United is not the worst thing that could happen for Everton at the moment because it gives everyone a rocket up the backside and you know 
we, we heard it verbally from Frank Lampard. I'm, I'm sure that Kevin Felwell would echo all of the, the worries that Lampard had after that game. It, it, it doesn't hurt to get that check of realism going into the last couple of weeks of pre-season, but today's been a good opportunity to, yes, get a win, get on the score sheet, get some, get some time into the legs of numerous players that we've seen. Um, but there's, there's still holes for me. Um, you know, I, I've seen Everton underperform in pre-season, pre-seasons before and I've not necessarily had the level of worry that I do about this current squad and I get that that's on the back of a, a very near relegation for Everton last season but there is, there is still, for me, a lot of work to do with this squad if we're going to be in any way competitive and, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult not to look around at the moment at other sides and I'm, I'm talking about other in inverted commas lesser sides in this league like Leicester and Southampton and Crystal Palace and Brighton you know I, I see them signing players and winning games in pre-season and as much as you try and block all of that out of your mind at the moment it's important that we've got something to build on um, and you know these games aren't important but in, in many ways maybe today was in, in coming and getting a few goals yeah. and putting a good result on the board I suppose that the thing about like say about Brighton and all those sort of sides if, if you saw this Everton highlights on Sky and Sports News you'd be going bloody hell they look they look good going yeah, forward there yeah, in yeah. training I suppose it's yeah. there's context but the, the lad has got two goals today um, he's like I say he's just gone off now at Dali Alley no hat-trick today um, scored the first which is the half time poachers finished second one very much the same sort of vein getting down to get a low header in I'm not entirely sure if it's going to go down as his or not because maybe took like a bit of a deflection yeah, but it might have been, yeah. been on target but um, it's one of them we were sort of saying in the first half that he's not really a player that's ever going to be in the game and as much as against Crystal Palace he was someone who got on the ball and calmed us down and got us going forward but I think if we're going to see the best of Dele Alli it's going to be in those positions where he, he's getting yeah. on the end of things in the box he can be a bit more lively than the defender who's marking him he can be that extra like step quicker and and be that, that have that bit of technical ability where oh, 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 Brighton was about to score there but the uh, Brighton rather Blackpool uh, wrong, wrong seaside town there um, but good signs for him today I think certainly second yeah. half when he went and played up front just dropping off into that little space where he could get the ball in that little sort of gap where the centre half don't know to go and get him or the midfield doesn't know to drop and get him little body swerves nice little touches nice little flicks and, and got those two goals and I suppose after Missing an absolute sitter yeah. on Wednesday. Just probably nice for him to hit the back of the net after what has been a long, long time for him. Yeah, I think he's he's a player who, frustratingly, I think we all need to be content with him going missing for large spells of the game. Um, for me, if, if, if as the final whistle goes, if Deli Ali is going missing during games, then that means that we've got him into a position where he can be that kind of free attacking midfielder. Kids um, all over the place here, yeah. running on. The, the, the now renowned Everton child fits invasion goes on. Um, but yeah, Deli Alley is. If, if there was one player that I could say now, if he does well this season and Everton probably do well, then it's absolutely him. Um, if we are able to get the best out of Deli Alley, then that will mean that we've built a solid core enabled him to be that free attacking midfielder um, whether we're capable of doing that and we've got that, that foundation behind Ali to allow him to do that I'm not sure but 
at least we've seen something from him today. We've seen an attacking flair from him, an ability to get into the box and score goals. And ultimately, if he's able to walk away from this season coming with 15, 15 goals, then that's an enormous return for an Everton attacking midfielder. Vasily Mikhailenko is just coming over. Great reception for him. There are a lot of kids running on the pitch now. Uh, Frank Lampard's about to come over. There's a kid who wants to shout you with him, I think. So, I mean, oh, there's a lot of kids running on now. You, the <laughs> can't believe you invaded the pitch when you only beat Blackpool. <laughs> I mean, there's a few growing men running on as well. Oh, yeah. We, we could, <laughs> somebody's just on a niche slide in the middle of the pitch. It's very classic Everton pre season. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll continue this somewhere quieter in a bit. It's all going off here. We need to get our train first and foremost. So yeah, we'll be back with it again shortly in a quieter surroundings. I mean, there's people carrying kids off. It's it's all going on. We'll be back with you shortly here on the Blue Room. Okay, we're outside the ground now. Calm down a little bit. Very warm and muggy and horrible. We can see Blackpool Tower more. I thought you were just describing Blackpool. <laughs> what a what a glory! What a glory! Hey, we had, we had a nice time here today. Uh, what a glory! Are, are there any other players you want to you want to mention before we wrap um, up and run run for our train? I think the the summary of Everton at the moment is that you'll come away from watching them once and not to talk about the players you did see, but the gaps in which you didn't see players. Um, I think we, you know, we all spoke coming towards the game about the, the glaring opportunities, I'll call them, for Frank Lampard and Kevin Farwell to improve this squad. And again, you only have to look at the players who were, albeit at a late stage, omitted from the squad today to think there's, there's major flaws in this side in terms of squad depth and being able to fill in for people like Dominic Carver-Lewin and Damari Gray and yeah as much as Ali was good second half yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to be going into the season with Salomon Ron not as your centre forward do you this, this lovable rogue who we all seem to politely clap when he scores a goal in a Carabao Cup game every other week you know there's absolutely no way on a serious note that he should be anywhere near the squad he, he was bought and there's an emergency panic buy by a manager who should never have been here and for all intents and purposes he should not be here anymore it, it's it's through the lack of that depth and that ability to go out and sign you know whoever it may be as a, a starting striker or a backup to Calvert-Lew and however Frank Lampard views this squad being built there's no way that he should be here and, and do you know what you could, you could probably point that finger at, at a number of players um, it's it, it's hard I, I want to see the squad that we have in two weeks time uh, because from a from a very optimistic mental point of view I hope that it's a lot stronger than what we've seen today um, albeit on the back of a positive result but there's still a massive part of me that thinks that if the Everton squad that has arrived here at Bloomfield Road arrives at Goodison Park to play against one of Europe's elite 
then it will set a dangerous precedent for the rest of the season. Um, and th th there's nothing in me. You know, th this this team can fight and it can allow the fans to, to do fantastic things for it in terms of being that driving force to, to keep them in the league or get a one-off result or whatever it may be but at some point this squad has to become better and the players have to become better and I think if if Everton are to avoid a, a very turbulent season and a very angry fan base then things need to happen very very quickly. Uh, the one sign that I've made is Tarkovsky who I yep. think has been one of our even in the games in the States when things were bad he was one of the standoff players today um, just interested to watch him today, really. You know, just didn't really very much a no frills player, but I wouldn't say he's a no nonsense centre half in that sense. He just, he just seems to do the basic things very, very well in regards yeah. to, to tackling, passing, positioning. A couple of really good uh, long diagonal passes that sort of reminded me of Jack Yelka when he used to get them out of his feet and ping them out to, to the wings. And I mean, listen, he's half the player that Jags was, and we're going to have a really good centre half. But um, just that he's looked like a, a really good positive player to be bringing in and on the left side of that back three today where I sort of thought that Godfrey was going to be playing you can sort of see why he was played there he's looked, well, just looked very very comfortable didn't he yeah I think you know the thing that Frank Lampard spoke about in the week was the fact that him and, and Kevin Falwell and all of the recruitment staff look at the the dressing room presence and the kind of personal character of a footballer as opposed to solely their footballing ability and um, on the back of that I'd, I don't see a way in which James Tarkovsky doesn't wear Everton's armband week in week out in the next six months I mean he, he is he is already that big of a character for me objectively looking at that team he he is the I hesitate to use the word leader because we haven't essentially needed a leader at this point because it, it's obviously pre-season but if I was to put my neck on the line and say there's one man who's going to drive this team to a result against Chelsea or to a positive start in the season, yeah, he, I mean, like he is probably the one. Like that, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, he looks like the bigger brother to all of the other defenders and the rest of the squad. And, you know, he's, he's obviously playing at half pace at the moment, but we've already seen him put a couple of good blocks in, a couple of really tough challenges, and you just think, well... That, that's him holding back. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not not putting the lad on a pedestal here, but he, he very much looks like someone who is ready to be a man in this team of yeah. boys. And I think that that that's been one of the the major problems at Everton in recent years. And the, you know, we've got we've got a lot of promising up and coming, good young technical footballers. But in order to to grind results out and in order to win games and, and drag yourself up a league and ultimately get a very good positive Premier League position you need grown up men yeah. to play the game and then, you know that, that's not bit, that's not me being you know that downplaying the technical ability of some of these younger lads but you do need someone who's capable of putting that grit and that fight in and you know I, we, earlier in the game we pointed at someone like Yeri Mina who is obviously very capable of doing that and we all love it when he winds opposition forwards up and he's that commanding force at the back. But how often are we going to see that? 15 yeah. games a season? I think it was essential that we, we brought someone in who's capable of doing that alongside Mina or in place of Yeri Mina when he's not there. Whatever the scope of James Tarkovsky is meant to be. saying it, I'm sure, this season. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but 
whatever the feeling is towards how they are both incorporated into this 11. And I think we've seen a glimpse of that today, obviously, with the three at the back. Um, you know, I said in the ground about having the depth in that particular area. I still think that the reason we are playing three or five at the back is because all of our midfielders are dispensable, Yeah, I would say, at this point. There's um, question marks over all of them, isn't it? Yeah, we, we, we haven't got a natural holder either to play yeah. as like a deep player in a 4-3-3. I think that the one midfielder that we all mentally think will always play every game possible is Abdi Bakori, yeah. of course. But, you know, th there were times last year where we were struggling to think of what type of midfielder he was. We were struggling to get any form of real form out of him. Um, you know, Alan is another one who you look at and think, well, on paper, he should probably play every game. But not as the six. Exactly. The, the, the prospect of going into that first league game, playing Decore and Alan both together as a two in midfield, terrifies me. Uh, and that, that's not necessarily because of, of Chelsea's strengths and, and their capabilities in the middle of the park, but just because they are... We, we've seen them driven through too many times now. Um, whether it's Chelsea or Minnesota, th that is a relatively weak pivot of your of your system. Um, so yeah, it, it is very much going to be three at the back. It is going to be Tarkovsky, and I think a lot of faith already, both on and off the pitch, has probably been afforded to him. Um, but yeah, still, still major areas in the spine of the team that need reinforcing, uh, and central midfield is is absolutely the priority for me. It, it seems like Tarkovsky, me and a Godfrey, is going to be the preferred three, doesn't yeah. it? When 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 they're all fit, you know, based based on the way in which they land up today and the way in which they play today for. 45 minutes it, it just felt like that's that's probably what he's going to go with even though obviously Holgate played a lot of games towards the end of last season mm -hmm. yeah I think so um, you know and the, the or problem do you need, do you need, or do you need someone a bit more reliable to play in the, the middle of that three or could, well, I suppose we haven't seen enough of him yet but can you ask just Tarkovsky to go and play there and say just shuffle across a little bit I think any one of those three could play as that central defender as yeah. in of the three Um Central, central defence. Exactly, yeah. But the, the, the problem with the... I, I think you, you're totally right in terms of, um, you know, the best three. Um, the, the problem with playing the best three is that you, it's not necessarily going to be the most consistent three. Um, it would take a very brave man in Frank Lampard to say, well, Yerry Mean is not going to be able to afford us 25 games a season. So let's drop him down a level and promote someone like Michael Keane or Mason yeah. Holgate and I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen we, we need to play the three that we've seen today as often as possible um, that that leads to frustration unfortunately because we've seen it with Yerry Mina time and time again haven't we I mean I think most Evertonians will pay good money to see <laughs> Yerry Mina play five game. consecutive games yeah. at the start of the season. I was, was going fair to yeah. <laughs> Before you even see season totals, you know, if, if we got to September without that lad having some form of physical issue, I think it would be massive progress. Yeah. Um, but it, that, that's, where, that's where the James Tarkovsky signing really starts to make sense because it can't be... The, the problem with Everton for so long has been that the starting 11 has been capable at worst yeah. um, you know efficient at best but when you take one of those important cogs out it all falls apart very quickly you know I'm, I'm not micro analyzing a pre-season game here but James Tarkovsky came off at half time and within six minutes we conceded a goal from a set piece yeah. that 
we're all instantly looking at each other thinking right sorry, no, me, sorry Mina excuse, and excuse me, excuse up, me yeah. that was Mina but you, you, you take someone out essential like that and think well Mina probably would have been the one attacking the ball yeah. and I think that the, the cliff from starting 11 to the rest of the squad is, is far far too big and, and, and you know that's, that's where the squad depth argument comes back in um, I, you know go, going way deeper into the the permutations of the transfer market for Everton is that from a financial point of view we are now looking at being able to recruit what two two or three players at, at absolute best yeah. if we're able to get that in with the, with the time that we've got left before the start of the season I mean this, this idea of bulking out the squad with quality players is now due to time and finances one that we're looking at bringing one or two players in to yeah. try and give everyone a little bit of a boost I mean we're, we're all walking away relatively content with the nature of the side today purely because of the positive results but it, it did feel after Minnesota that we were only one pre-season disappointment or defeat away from everyone turning a little bit more hostile yeah. um, and you know that, that's the emotional nature of Everton ultimately but there, there has to be there has to be some form of plan for the next fortnight and I said to you before the game Matt in terms of pre-season results and what they mean I, I don't mind seeing Everton get their arse handed to them by Minnesota United because that means that everyone gets a firework up the backside in order to improve their squad um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I want to see Everton get beat at any particular time of the season but it, it's important that everyone knows the situation that we're in and it, it's difficult because I think even as fans now having watched a side who struggled so much last season we don't really know what sort of squad or what sort of expectation we have I, I could go I could bump into someone at the game today who thinks that Everton will finish ninth or 10th next season yeah, yeah. and I'll bump into someone who thinks that we'll be lucky to stay up and thinks that 9-2 to is good value for, for relegation I mean we, we, we will no, only, we to go down. Yeah, we, we, we will only find out the answers to these questions in in the coming weeks. But I think there's there's so much for for Frank Lampard and Kevin Furwell to go back and and look at in terms of improving the squad. Yeah, um, we'll leave it there because we've got Coral Isle in the front of us. We've got a Tambun Bolden Ali to the left of us. We are very much spoiled for choice in regards to what we're going to do now I'm not sure we're going to make this train or not so. no, never have I seen so many seagulls at an association football match ridiculous up the goals absolutely <laughs> smashed it uh, those lads today so yeah we'll leave it there uh, that's your Mr Match reaction for Brighton Brighton keep saying Brighton what's, Brighton. Going, what's wrong with me do you know where we are in the we're nation, in Black, Blackpool you? 2 Everton 4 there we go <laughs> um, yeah good goals from Dali Ali nice to see Mikolenko and Parson play well some positives to take from it, but like Mo said, I think there's still a lot of work to do. Um, hope you enjoyed the sounds of Blackpool on this walk back to the train station and to Brighton. To Brighton. <laughs> and um, the sounds on the ground as well. We'll be back in the week. We'll be doing the interaction reaction from Kiev game on Friday as well. Uh, hope you had a great weekend. Up the top of you. We'll speak to you again very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.